Welcome to the first instalment of A Day in the Life. And today it's going to be A Day in the Life of the lead singer of a band. We had Dan on from Bynes, which is a band from the northwest of England. And he was on the pod talking to us what it's been like starting the band, experiences at gigs, when the band got robbed, actually. Robbery in this day and age. Disgusting. Just a quick heads up. There is going to be some colourful language in this pod. So if you've got children around who don't like, well, you don't want your children hearing bad language, then remove them from the room or put some headphones on. Or maybe you've got your mother-in-law around for a Sunday dinner or a Monday, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday dinner. Who doesn't like colourful language? Who's appalled by the colourful language? So maybe give them a, a set of earplugs or tell them just to get out of your house, get out of the room. Or again, just put some headphones on. Thanks for coming along, and I hope you enjoy the pod. Be on Radio 1 next, <laughs> doing all this. <clears throat> Control FM. Mm. I did one for Layla never. That's in it. <laughs> Danny, what was he calling you? Danny Bowles. Danny Bowles, Danny Bowles, everything. He even asked me at the start as well. He's like, how do you pronounce second name? Told him, and he got it wrong every time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it? Okay, welcome to Byron's World. Um, this channel is going to be mainly podcasting, um, starting with the series A Day in the Life of, and today I'm joined by the man himself, hmm. Danny Bowles. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Danny Bowles uh, from Bynes. Welcome to the pod. Cheers, man. It's the first one. Mm. Um, the pilot, as, mm. as most say. So uh, you're Captain Bowles. <laughs> or Bowles I don't know about that so Bynes yeah where did the name come from I've got a rough idea go on what's your opinion what would you think Wood Bynes aka yeah. Cigarette uh, if I'm honest it, it's, it's, it's a bit of a crap story go on um, it's actually Charlotte my girlfriend she she originally thought of Vines right the Vines and we we, we proper like that um, but there's a band called the Vines like, they're not, I don't think they're that popular, but if you do Google them, they come up. So it, it was the only name, we were like playing around with names, I think Nova, someone said at one point, which, there was just loads of different names flying around, mm. and they weren't really like, fitting with us for about 18 months. And then when Charlotte said that, I'm like, yeah, I quite like that. Put it to the lads, they liked it. And then we seen them with this other band, so it, it's a bit shit, because all we did was just change the V to a B, and got binds. Took the, took the V off, Um but then there is kind of story behind it, I suppose, wood buying stuff, and that's what people think. Um, but no, it is a bit of a stale story, really. Mate. That's <laughs> yeah. how it come about. It was just changing the V to a B, really. And when did you form now? Formed. Um, it was September, twenty sixteen. Right. So we're coming up to three years. Well, yeah, just over three. It was. Th- no, it must be earlier than that. It must be. We've been doing it three and a half years now. Right. Was that your idea? Uh, yeah, it was. It was basically when I met the lead guitarist Matt. So like everyone's from Leyland, but um, obviously we went to school together. Matt went to Wellfield. I think he's similar to you, Matt Broderick. Um, but I never really bumped into Matt. It's weird. Like we all know everyone in Leyland, don't we? Yeah, but yeah. He's just one person I never really bumped into. And then my mate started working with him. Um, I'd like written a couple of tunes, but I couldn't play an instrument at the time, so it was just like words, really. Um, and then my, Liam McCall, Liam McCall, like, oh, you need to, you need to meet this lad I work with, like, you'll probably get along with him. And I met him and I did, and we both had very similar interests. He'd been in a band, like, a few bands, I think, previously. 
but wasn't in one at the time, wanted to get it back going again. Um, then Charlotte bought me guitar for Christmas and as soon as that I got that guitar, it just kind of kicked on from there really. I, I started writing tunes straight away as soon as I could play a couple of chords and then um, sending them to him and he was like genuinely really keen on them. Um, so it, it just kind of formed from that. It was just me and him at first and then I managed to blag Badge because I knew Badge had mentioned he played drums a little bit when he was younger. Yeah. He weren't really keen at first. We just kept pecking his head and then he, he kind of give in. And then Jimmy's brother come along. We did like six weeks without a bass player. Yeah. And then Jimmy come in and then that's how the band formed really. So it's a bit of a quite a random story. There's no real like, you know, a lot of bands like they've done it for years, kind of grown up together, been wanting yeah, to yeah. band word. Kind of thrown together, but quite unique. It's quite cool. So, so you've only been playing guitar for three years as well? No, uh, no I met Matt. And a year before, so I've, I've been playing guitar about four years now. Still good progression, though. It is good, yeah. I am but pretty proud of that because it's it's just one of them. Though I've got that type of personality where I never do anything half-hearted. So like, just go all in. Yeah, you got I've to. I've always been like that. So I always said I wanted to do it. Never got around to doing it. Charlotte surprised me at Christmas, and then it was just kind of every single night, like literally just strumming yeah. your fingers. Yeah, away. like I used to play Xbox when we were younger and stuff. That was the that was the Xbox then, like getting off from yeah, work. Yeah. It was like non-stop all night. So I put a lot of time in, like, but I have picked it up quite quick. I do kind of feel in a weird. I think I was always kind of meant to do it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. even though I found it later on, I yeah. do kind of feel with how, with how well I've picked it up, I was kind of meant to do it. Like. Yeah. Well, it's not your first brush with music. No, it, no, it's not. No. <laughs> do you want to elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> mystic. Mystic. <laughs> No, but I think it all stems from that, especially the writing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, because, like I said, before I could play guitar, I'd written a couple of tunes um, without music, just words. And I think obviously that stems from when we were younger and that, and obviously I'm still big into grime now, not necessarily the, the, the newer stuff, but hip-hop I'm a massive fan of. And I yeah. think that's where, for me, my kind of education in, in writing was a little bit, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though it's completely different style of writing now to to what I was doing back in grime, but just like wordplay and stuff like that and rhyming, I think that's where I learned how to do it. Well, it all does tie in though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think growing up listening, cause I only really kind of properly got an interest into indie, if you like, probably college. Mm. Um, as you know, you said like all the way growing up, it was grime, hip hop and stuff. Yeah, like that. especially around here. Especially around here, yeah. So it was... But I think in a good in a, in a good way, that was good. I think if I'd have listened to indie all my life, I don't think I'd have been in a position to be able to write tunes now. I think listening yeah. to hip-hop and grime was kind of like... I think a lot of people a lot of people listen to one genre all of their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they get stuck mm. on that genre. So I know people who, you know, who are into, say, indie music. Yeah, yeah. That's all they're listening to. You know the kind of people all the way through high school. Yeah. And then they feel like they're entitled. Like yeah, yeah. They, they they know a lot more about yeah, that genre yeah. of music yeah. than you do. But you've Not got, I don't, I don't know, with music, I think it's better if you keep and an if you open have an mind. Eclectic, absolutely, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and that's why I, I still listen to hip-hop now. I still listen to a little bit of grime, dance music, everything. And I think that is important, especially when you're writing as well, because um, I feel now I'm getting stronger and stronger with the songs that I am writing. But And I think that's because I'm listening to more and more kind of out there stuff a little bit. Yeah. Um been listening to a lot of John Lennon's solo stuff recently and he just I know everyone says he is the best, but he is genuinely the best. Like you listen to his stuff, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, no, come a long way since MC missed it, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, which then, it leads to the growth, the growth of Bind. Yeah. So, starting in 2016, mm. where was it, where was the first gig? First gig we played Night and Day Cafe in Manchester, which is pretty mad, to be fair. So you went out of town? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and that was March 2018. It's just over a year ago. But it's pretty mad, really, because it's quite a renowned venue. Yeah. So, like, when we went on the wall, when we played there in the dressing room, like, all the band's names that I've ever played there, and it's, oh, that Oasis, Arctic Monkeys, Verve, Cortic, they've all played there. So to do that as our first gig was a bit like, like, we were only supporting, we were first on. But it was still like... It's, yeah, but yeah. then still looking at them names on the wall, yeah, you are like, I know, exactly. Jesus. So it, it, it was weird. I think we've kind of been a little bit lucky, if you like, because some of the venues we've played, we kind of played quite early on when a lot of bands have to kind of work up for like night and day. Our second gig was at Zanzibar. Zanzibar, again, is, is renowned in Liverpool. It's a really renowned venue. Um, so we've played at some like, like Soup Kitchen, just all over that are quite... When you say to bands you've played there, they're like, fucking hell, as if, if you've got that already, kind of thing. So, but that was our first one, March 2018, yeah. Big crowd? Uh, probably one of the biggest we've done, yeah, just because it was the first, our first ever gig. It's it's probably still to this date the most enjoyable one we've done. Yeah? I think so. It was nerve-wracking, obviously, before we went on, but it was kind of first time being on stage. Um, and I think the atmosphere was the best it's, it's ever been, just because... It was our first gig and the atmosphere we were coming off the crowd was like loads of people have come to see us do it. And obviously when you gig more and more, you can't expect people to come to every single gig. No, so no, no. Now we're starting to gig more. It's hard to get that type of crowd. Did you get a lot of a lot of people from home? Yeah, Wayland. yeah, loads. For the people who aren't from around here, we're yeah. from, we're from uh, you know, people could be listening in bloody Norway or Sweden yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're from a little town called Leyland, which is situated in the centre of Lancashire. It's a lovely little place, isn't it? You ever watch Emmerdale or Coronation Street? That's Leyland, basically. Everybody and, knows everyone. And then two, what was it? Two years ago, we got voted the best place to live in the UK. Is that right? Never mm. knew that. I think we got beat last year by, you know, not Middlesbrough, Sunderland. Middlesbrough? No, no, no. So, somewhere around there, Tyneside somewhere, I'm sure it was. Um, but as far as gigs go, have you had any like really bad experiences at gigs, like pints of piss thrown over you? Or? Uh, not... Nothing like that. Nothing like bad in regards to the crowd reception. We've had nightmares on stage. We played a gig um, at Heebie-Jeebies in Liverpool. This was pro- this was still quite, probably about a year ago, so it was probably only our fifth or sixth gig. And everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, basically. I snapped a guitar string, bass player's guitar didn't work, lead guitarist amp broke. And it was just one of them... It's one of them nights. It's one of them nights, yeah, it just happens, but... You've got to have them because you kind of learn from them. Like now, if that happens to us on stage, we'd, we'd manage it so much better. Yeah, but obviously back then it was a bit of a. You've got to you've got to have it happen once, oh, and yeah, then you, you can. It's just like anything in life, as soon as it happens, it's like learning to walk when you're a kid, isn't it? You, you do stuff, you don't, you fall over, you don't do it again. Yeah, and it's kind of we our prep now for gigs are a lot better than they were back at the start because we we've experienced stuff like that. So what about hecklers? You have any hecklers? Uh, We've well, not you know, really, no. None? No. How many gigs have you done no. now? I couldn't put a name on it, really. I, I, over 20. Um, or probably over 25. Top mate, I can't think of a heckler. Zero hecklers. If I've had a heckler, it'd be one of my, one of my mates. <laughs> no one like... 
Really, he's been in the crowd giving us abuse, really. But I think, I don't think you do when you're at our level. Just because I think it's out of respect more than anything. Like, you can, we, we play gigs and we've played gigs with bands watching them, like, because they're on our bill. Don't necessarily like them. But at the end of the day, they're, they're an amateur band doing the same as us. Like, they, they, they love music and they're trying to make the name of music. So I, I think when you're at our level, you don't necessarily get too much hate because people respect that. And the people out of there are genuinely into music. I think it's the bigger you get, that's when you start getting. But when you see, say if you're on a you're on a bill with five other bands, have you ever come across another band who are, you know, like handbags are out a bit bitchy, way way better than way better than them, uh, blah blah. You know the you know the type. Yeah. Again, no, no, not really. No. Everyone's just got the same yeah, mutual yeah. appreciation for music. That yeah. you know you respect each other, what you're doing, kind so, of thing. Yeah. I think so. There's been um, there were one band we had to do with in Wigan. The Stanleys, I think they're called. Sorry to put name. Uh, <laughs> beat that one out. Beat that one out. Um, I I can't even remember what happened, but the, yeah, they ended up kicking off at end at gig. I, I I couldn't tell you. I'm pretty pissed. After you was playing, we played and they played. Um, Who was first? They played first. We were on last. Right. It was our gig, and um, it was a good one. That old course and we we got a good crowd. They were just a bit fucking. They, I think they thought they, be, they were better than what they were. They're a good band, to be fair, though. I'll say that. Like The, the tunes are really good, and they're doing well around Wigan. They're a Wigan, Wigan band, you see. And this gig was in Wigan? It was in Wigan, yeah. So it was like a yeah, hometown like, gig, yeah, if you will. Yeah, a little bit. And I don't know what... I wasn't there when it initially happened, but ended up kicking off, and we jumped in fucking minibus really quick. <laughs> do, you prefer, do you prefer playing away from Leyland, or do you prefer the hometown gigs? Um, I th- yeah, I love the old time gigs just because of the amount, the amount of people that come and watch like that Leyland Lights absolutely loads it's, that's one of the most I've ever been nervous for a gig just backstage and the crowd just went all the way down Huff Lane and it, it just looked like it was never ending on that. Is it is it worse as well because you know that you these because you, you, you know the people, people absolutely play you feel people. like do you oh, maybe man. subliminally feel like you might be letting them down if you don't perform more, to a certain level or I don't think the nerves come from I, well, I speak for myself here, but I think the rest of the band will stay the same. I've never had a problem like, what, what am I, I'm quite confident. No stage fright. No, it doesn't bother me. Not even your first gig? Yeah, a little bit the first gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more what makes you nervous is stuff going wrong. So like that's why when you're playing in front of people that you know, you're like, fuck. I could do something here and I'll never live this down. So you play in the middle of Leyland. You twang a string. So that happens, yeah. Fall over on stage in front of 4,000 people at Leyland Lights, whatever. I never lived that down. So it's more the, the fact of something going wrong, I think, that freaks you out more than standing up in front of people and doing it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Do you have any rituals, like, before you start a gig? <laughs> like, do you all have, I don't know, for example, you all have, like, six well, points well, and then well, fucking go on stage yeah. like a geezer, well, do you well, know? Well, it's not as rock and roll and that ours. We just have a cuddle. <laughs> we just have like a little bang cuddle. We're trying to like we did we did a gig at the Barristers, which was just down the road. <laughs> just down the road, yeah. Um, it was fucking awful. Really? Why? It it's just not built for music for a start. There was no stage, so we were on the floor. So as you know, sound doesn't travel that well. Like that. It's very small ceilings, so sound doesn't travel well. Like that. The sound guy had to be behind us instead of in front of us. So the sound in general was horrendous. And we were absolutely shit-faced. All four of us. But I think just our first gig in Leyland, like, I think there was 217 people that come in. In Barristers? Yeah, they had a ticker on door and they had to stop people coming in. It's like peak Friday nights back in the yeah, day. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
it, it, it were quality, good ex- but it, it was just horrendous. And like we all said after that, we'll never ever get that pissed ever again. Um, and there's been times where the odd one of us have been been leathered. This Saturday we just did a gig in Manchester at the Castle, and um, Badge for once, the drummer was the only one who was sober. The rest of me, Jimmy, and Matt, we were all pretty pissed. But it's rare now that like it, I think as a band after that happened, that experience of barristers. I just remember playing fucking having an angel stay and by accident stepping on my overdrive pedal and it fucking turned into a rock and roll tune. <laughs> and it's just like little things like that. Like you can't, it's just crap. It's just like people come to see you. So we got away with it, barristers. But if you want to go anywhere, you can't, you can't do that. You think you want to look at these rock and roll myths and stuff about being fucked on stage. I'll tell you now that they're all serious musicians. Like, Do you, do you struggle more? What? People? If, if, if you're, say, if you had... Six pints, and then got on stage. Would you? Would you know there's a considerable? Oh yeah, quality difference to if you hadn't drank yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to play sober, or or just? Especially as a singer, I think yeah, it's more my vocal because I'm not a natural singer. You see, so it's not as if I can get up there and be fucking Leona Lewis. You're joking. Have you heard MC Mystic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright spitting. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not like a natural singer, so for me. Even on Saturday, because I had a few beers, I struggled to sing. I struggled to hold my voice more. It, it's just, it does affect my vocals more than anything. But it's more, it's just like anything when you're pissed. It's like anything you do when you're pissed, you can't do as well. Your as concentration span goes. Yeah. yeah, you start being more erratic. Your, your guitar playing is more erratic. So it's just, I guarantee now, like Oasis and all these bands, when they did massive gigs, they weren't fucked. Have you not seen the documentary though? Well, the film Super about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was what was it that was on? What American was Crystal Meth. Oh, fucking hell! Did you hear him? But you don't. Yeah, but you not see the gig that they did after it. It was horrendous, wasn't it? Oh, and that's awful. why I know what. That's why I mean. I think it's people think like rock and roll legend and all that. And there's probably a lot of drug taking and women abusing and shit that goes on after they played. Yeah. But I, I honestly think majority of people who take it seriously when when they play, they play with a straight head. Yeah, I suppose you have to, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Right, the next thing I want to talk about. The talk of Leyland. Yeah. The robbery. Oh, talk to me, Dan. Um lesson learnt on my on my behalf, really. My fault overall, I um Was it in your motor? In my motor, yeah. And you know like with Leyland at the minute, you just can't leave stuff in your motor. Simple as that, you, you just physically can't. So it was my fault for leaving it in the motor. The reason I did was just simply there was quite a lot of gear. So you so just to just to make it the picture a bit more clear. Yeah. So you've parked your car outside. So I, I was at. Do you know Dobby who went to school with George Dobson? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we finished band practice on on the Thursday. We were playing Sound City on the Saturday. So I'd knit for a quick pint eagle, and when we finished, and then Raz and Dobby, Raz Easton and Dobby, I was giving them a lift back, and we and it literally nipped into Dobby's for a, for a quick drink, and um, I parked my car up outside his house. Shut my car doors. I locked them. As far as I know, I've locked them. Um, it's very, very rare that I don't do that. Like, I, it would have been a genuine mistake if I've not. But I'm, I'm 99 sure I did lock it. And then anyway, I've gone in. And then Raz was getting a taxi. And I don't even know why I've not drove. Really, I could have fucking drove home because I didn't have a lot to drink. But Raz just went jumping in with me, may as well. So I jumped at taxi with him. Next morning, woke up, gone to get my car, and all doors have been opened. Like crowbar or just Well, no, open. there's no damage. But when I said to the police, they said, oh, you don't understand how easy it is to get in a car nowadays. Some people get robbed 
and they don't even know they've been robbed for weeks. It's only when they realise what's been when, robbed. When they, when yeah, they go looking there's for... there's no mark or anything yeah, on the door. Yeah. It's just the way it is now. But um, that's not to say I could have left the car doors open as a mistake. I don't know. But everything had gone. I was like... And it, obviously it was the day before we played Sound City, which at the time... When we put it on the, Facebook, I was like... Yeah, I just couldn't believe sake. it. It was just... But to be, but to be fair, that again shows how good Leyland is. Community spirit. The, oh, it's unbelievable. Like, it's... We wouldn't have got them guitars back. So the the guitars the guitars got robbed. Yeah, guitar three guitar uh, four guitars, um, and then some drum some guitar pedals and wires and little things like that, and then basically like a couple of the drum accessories. And then from there, uh, from there, so basically, I obviously reported it to the police, but then I, I just rang Rimmers in Leyland, which is a guitar <laughs> shop for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> Plugging Rimmers, and I thought, get it out there. yeah, and I thought, surely not. Surely they wouldn't be stupid enough to fucking try and sell the stuff in a in a shop in Leyland when they've nicked it from a car in Leyland. But lo and behold, about an hour later, they ran me back rumours. They said, you'll never fucking... They've been in. Three and lads. They just so, took cash. No, well, they, they couldn't take the guitars. So basically, they, they said all we could do is get the reg plate of the car, which they did. I passed that on to the police. For fuck's sake, they even drove there? Yeah. Jeez, how know, stupid so show these the type people. Of people they are, but... Um, Couple of hours later, police rang me. They'd, they'd arrested them coming out of a pawn shop in Preston, like cash converts or something. Yeah, they just sold two of the guitars, so we got them two guitars back straight away. Them three got nicked, and then we just rang every single pawn shop from Chorley, Preston, and we found the other two. Traced down the other two in a pawn shop in in Chorley, and then we were still missing like the drum gear and the pedals and stuff like that. And then on Facebook, a, a random lady. Um, sorry, I can't remember your name if you're listening, but. Appreciate what you did for us. She just walking past the bush, found seen some drum stuff. She'd seen this on a Facebook. Bush. In a bush. Where's that in Leyland? Yeah, yeah. So down near, um, down near Morrison's. So I think what what they'd done. I don't think they were. I think they're just opportunists. They'd not really done this before. Not good thieves, are they? No, and the guitars were very wet as well. When the the, the pawn shops told us when they bought them, so it looks like they've nicked them, stashed them in a bush for night. Got piss wet through. <laughs> Gone sake. back next day. Yeah. So it's a bit stupid, but it, lucky that they were stupid, really. Because we've got everything back now, absolutely everything. So even Jimmy, the bass player, he had a couple of guitars pedaled missing. So he just walked down the day of the gig last Saturday and looked in this bush where the drum stuff was and all these guitars, like pedals and stuff. For fuck's sake. What, what's the crack with that then? If they've pawned them to a pawn shop, yeah. what then happens? Does the police have to go go to the pawn shop and say, yeah, so they look, they've been stolen yeah, and yeah. then, then yeah. the money gets sorted out that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, so they're not, the police will, I, I don't know whether the pawn shop loses money or what, I don't know how it works, but yeah, the police go with the crime reference number and pick it up, so we've, we've literally got everything, everything back now. So very, very lucky, but yeah. So that was the day before? That was the day before. You, we, is this you? This your biggest gig to date? I'm, um, I'm guessing. I've seen the lineup and the, you know, some of the names on there. Yeah. Mabel, not my cup of tea, but you know, yeah, you've got yeah. Lo- Loyal Corner. Loyal Car, I, yeah. I listen to Loyal Corner. I think he's got. Some, there, yeah. yeah. There's, there's it, Slow Tie, Louis Berry. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was massive in regards to um, us being on the bill because uh, it, it's an established music festival. It's just getting bigger and bigger. We played in like a quite a, a really small venue. And there weren't many watching us, so it's, it's probably one of the smallest gigs we've ever done. The Baltic Roastery Tent. Yeah, the Baltic Roastery Tent. The homework. <laughs> so like, it's, it's genuinely probably one of the, if not the smallest gig in regards to people we're playing with and the venue we've ever done, ironically. But it is definitely the biggest in regards to 
what it, having our name on that, I'm going to get the poster printed out and stuff. Cause yeah, 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 of course. The ironic thing about that is mm. you've got all your stuff yeah. stolen mm. and you're just playing in Liverpool. Playing Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're United fan. <laughs> so yeah, it all, went, it all went good though. You got yeah, all your yeah. gear back. Got it all and... back, mate, yeah. Right. In terms of music, uh, your own music, yeah. uh, the Mill EP, mm-hmm. I've been listening to that quite a lot recently. You like it? Yeah, uh, made a few notes. Yeah, on, yeah. There's four tracks on there. Yeah. Um, from the message I'm getting from the songs. Yeah. Uh, so in no in no particular order. Mm. Frame of mind. Yeah. I've jotted down here. Everybody has shit days. You're not on your own. Mm. How far am I away with that message? No, no, yeah, bang on, really. Just about. Hence the name frame of mind, isn't it? It's, mind's the most powerful thing in the world. Everyone has shit times. Everyone has good times. I think it's just. Probably quite a simple message, really, just saying to people, when you are going through one of them shit times, there's always a bright day around the corner. You just you just got to um, believe that it's going to get better because it's one of the hardest things. People can let it get on top of them. So quite a simple message, but quite like one of uh, my. A few people have told me, even though it's very simple, really. And it it's works. straight to the point. Straight That's to the why point. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite. And um, it's mad it come from that because I, I literally wrote that. It's, it's so simple to play on on, on acoustic. Yeah, obviously, with the other, with the other band members in, they take take it to a different level. Especially like lead and bass are brilliant in that. The intro of that song's brilliant. Yeah, so. the bass is superb in it. Um, but it was so simple. Was I, you in a shitty a bit of a shitty place when you wrote that or not? No, no, well, I wasn't no. at all. It, it was just I don't know. I don't know because I am very much I think a spiritual writer. Like what I'm feeling there and then is what I write. Yeah, you're, um, you're an open book. Yeah, but with but I can't complain. Me, I've had a fucking easy life. You know, what I mean, I've had nothing to that really. So I don't know where it come from, really. But yeah, it's a simple message. But I, I love that too. I think it's just very Brit pop. Yeah, I agree with you. Where's the belief? Mm. Putting the world, putting the worlds to rights. Yes, uh, and then I've put outlining how plastic mm. uh, some people in the modern world are. Yeah, to the teammate. Yeah, basically, I think. One of the most happy in regards to the lyric-wise, I think, that tune. Again, it didn't take me long to write again. Um, I, I can actually remember, weirdly, writing it. It was when Anthony Joshua played Fort Klitschko. <laughs> I, fucking, I promise you. It was, it was, it about, was, two, about two years ago. No. Uh, yeah, yeah about a year and 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. That. But I was... Charlotte was... I can't remember what we'd done. We'd done something, and we'd gone back to mine... You know, you're just fucking around. Like, we were going to my aunt, me, me auntie and uncles to watch this fight. We were, you know, you're trying to kill time. Yeah, yeah. Telly's on. She's playing around on her phone. Oh, and I just pick guitar up. And I don't know, again, I don't know what I'd seen to write that. But I, it, it, but I just think the lyrics, I think it's quite good. It's quite a bit of a story. And it is just now, it, I do have strong feelings on social media and now it's changed. so do I yeah. and I'm actually going to do a podcast about it yeah, yeah. I'll just give you a little look at this <laughs> alright <laughs> yeah, yeah. well that's what the tune's about yeah. basically it's just about that like um, how now we live in a world which is it's just so stereotypical like people feel they have to live up to their social media profile Honestly, man, I agree. Yeah, it's just you like, see some of some of these girls, yeah. you know, on Instagram. I actually, I feel sorry for them mm. because that you can just see that they're so insecure within yeah, themselves, yeah. and now they're all 
Yeah, yeah. They're like fucking clones. It's like yeah, Star yeah. Wars. Well, they, need, they need likes. They need likes on their Instagram. And, and it's 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 just a shame. I think that's where now we're lucky. I think we were the last kind of generation, generation where you walk onto Tesco Square and it'd just be full of people. And you're total 90s. Total 90s. Doing stuff. it big and... Actually, yeah, but actually like going out and growing up properly. That it's gone now, that. And I think it's just a shame because the generation now, they, it must be hard, I think, to live in that. Oh, way. yeah. To like, to, to, to feel so pressured all the time to look good and. And I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not bashing on people with poor mental health because mm. it is a thing. Mm. But I think it has got a lot to do with social media. Most probably. So yeah. much pressure yeah, on yeah. these young kids. Yeah. It's like when they see people like Kim Kardashian. Imagine Kim Kardashian, yeah. right? She's Darth Vader, yeah, yeah, and all these ones who want to be like her, like the Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. best way I can put it. Good analogy. That, no, that, yeah, it's that, good. That's, that is, it, that's, that's it's is what it is. On. It's true, and like people like that have made millions, billions, in fact, out of social media and being like the image of uh, and portraying an image for people to follow. It's just wrong. So it's just kind of saying that there is still people out there like us who yeah. don't believe in that and still like the lyrics in it, like. I still believe. I still believe in being fucking yourself. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's yeah. what. It, that's what it's all about. Mm. And my favorite from the EP. Yeah, I've mentioned it to you before. Having an angel stay. Yeah, yeah. What's the? I've put acoustic love song, but yeah. I think there is a story behind it. Yeah, yeah. A, um, a lot more personal, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So probably overall, um, definitely on the EP, I'd say the strongest writing. Uh, I think I've written better since. But yeah, I wrote that song. I, I got the guitar riff um, for the tune. I'm playing guitar riff now. It's, it's really, really, really nice. And I remember getting it and I knew it was in tune, actually. I just knew it's kind of... It's just really nice. Is this you just messing around one day? Yeah. And I kind of got that. And it's very, I said about John Lennon before, I've been listening to like a lot of John Lennon at the time, his solo stuff after the Beatles. Um, weirdly, when, when I recorded this, the producer, Mark Jones, he said it reminded him of John Lennon and Richard Ashcroft, which I was like, fucking that's a massive compliment. But I got that riff and I thought, yeah, it's really, really nice. And I kept playing it and I just, I think I was forcing trying to put words to it for ages. Like, like I said, I'm very much... I call it spiritual writing. It's there and then any song I've ever written, I honestly don't reckon I've spent longer than 20 minutes on, like genuinely, words-wise. Do you sometimes write down lyrics though? Story yeah, me, no, notes notes yeah. on your phone, for example, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then pick, pick them out your notes, oh, yeah, this can yeah. go here, this can go there. Yeah. yeah, but majority, I'd say 90% of the tunes I've written have been there and then. Yeah. Like, like, picked up the guitar, boom, wrote the lyrics within 20 minutes. The riff always takes longer and it might take a couple of weeks, a couple of months to build a guitar riff. Yeah. But then the words come quite easy to me, I always think. Um, so I had that riff for about eight months and it weren't, I couldn't, just couldn't put lyrics to it and I just thought, right, I'm just going to like put it on the shelf. I'm not going to force it because I just knew it. the riff deserved good words. And then Charlotte, um, randomly out of nowhere, she did Tough Mudder and after she did Tough Mudder, she started to get this heart condition just out of nowhere, like getting really bad heart palpitations. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, just come out of nowhere and she had to go into hospital for I think it was about 10 days like, it's all sorted now it's all done but I think she had to get some some stitching or something it was something around her something to do with one of the valves I think 
Sorry if I've got that wrong, Shaw, by the way, you'll be cross. But um, <laughs> she was in she was in hospital for about 10 days. So obviously I'd only seen her a little bit. And then it was when, and I promise you, cross my heart today, this is true. She she obviously got discharged from hospital and she rang me straight away and said, oh, I've been, uh, I've been discharged. And obviously I was buzzing. Oh, she, she went, I've been given the all clear, all done. And I, I, I swear to God, I wrote that whole song in 10 minutes from that phone call. And that's why I, I genuinely think music is, it's, for me anyway, it's spiritual because I've been trying to put words to it for about eight months, not got anywhere. And I promise you the whole... Just from that 10 minute phone call? Just for, Yeah, just from that phone call, it took me about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And then if you listen to the words after it, you kind of... When you know the story, it yeah, makes a lot yeah, more sense. Yeah, makes sense. So I think it's definitely one of the strongest I've written uh, when you know what it's about kind of thing. I think it's my favourite Bynes track. Yeah. And it's quite stripped back as well, isn't it? Very stripped back, yeah. So we were going to... I didn't... The reason we kept it stripped back, and I think the lads agreed, is I think it would have been ruined. I think just because when you know what it's about stuff, I think the words are quite powerful. I think sometimes adding too much behind the words can take it. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, think you yeah. lose the rawness of the song. And I, and even when I recorded that, Mark, the producer, was honest with me and he said, obviously, my guitar playing stuff is still quite novice, which it is. But he said it's, it gives it a rawness. He said, like, you can hear, like, there's certain chords and you're probably noticing I've said it. I don't fully get the chord right and stuff like that, but it that kind of adds to it a little bit, makes it quite raw, so... It is a good trial. One of no, my it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, mate. Uh, the EP itself. Yeah. Where did you record that? Uh, oh god, MJM Recording Studios in Ozzle Twistle. Ozzle Twistle, East Ozzle Lancashire. Twistle. East Lancashire. Yeah. Mm. Only time I've ever been up there. You know. <laughs> the only time you ever will. <laughs> <laughs> stay yeah. the stay central. Stay central. <laughs> uh, influ- influences. Um, I can hear. You know. Your Oasis, yeah, Stone yeah. Roses, mm-hmm. Kasabian. Yeah. On the money. Bang on, mate, yeah. Um, it's one of you them. mentioned Lennon earlier yeah, as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think your influences, I see it anyway, your influences in music, are, it's like your football coaching in, in football. Like If you're coached under under Pep Guardiola, you're going to play that way. If you're, if you're coached under Sam Allardyce, you're going to play that way, I think. <laughs> Long ball, Kevin Nolan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin Davis. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, that you're coaching in music is what you listen to. So uh, it pisses me off, if I'm honest, when people are like, well, it doesn't piss me off, it don't bother me. I'm not bothered what people think of our music. I like it, that's the main thing. But when people say, like, oh, you sound too much like Oasis and all this, I, yeah, you have got to get your own style. I agree with that. But I think, so what if you sound like Oasis? Like, I've loved Oasis all my life. The first recollection I have properly of music is what Story Morning Glory, my dad's car, going up to Cardiff to see my now that like so what if my music now sounds like Oasis it's what I've grown up listening to it's only natural so I think we, we actually went with our new single I Try we actually tried to move away and try and uh, from the like the Oasis mantle if you like we tried some synths into that yeah yeah I, I thought you had yeah. and I was, that sounded a bit like like something off Velociraptor I'll say that, but we kind of, we, we tried to, because people get, so we thought, right, let's try and implement our own style, if you like, but we've kind of, I don't know, I think we all agreed, this was, this wasn't so long, this was only last week, week before, we all kind of said, we love the Mill EP, and like, everyone saying to us, they prefer the kind of earlier stuff to, to like, the, the, the later stuff, 
uh, even though they like it all, but it's kind of if they had to choose one or the other. And that's what we're about, really. And I think sometimes you can uh, lose yourself trying to please other people, do what we, or other people think you should do, if you like. And we're, we've just decided now, if we sound like Oasis, we sound like Oasis. We're still buying, do you know what I mean? We're still not Oasis. We still sound unique a little bit. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, definitely. Britpop, late, late 80s, early 90s. That's that's all our... Can I be honest with you? Yeah. The first track I ever heard of yours, yeah. which is a while back now, as soon as I put it on, I was like, bloody hell, it sounds like Oasis. Yeah. <laughs> it, I think it's one of them. I, I'll i be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I listened to one. I, I listened to the first thing you released. The Millie EP wasn't out then. Shadows, you're on about, yeah. The demo. Yeah. And I thought... Oh, trying to sound like Oasis yeah, yeah. but then I listened to the Mill EP yeah, yeah. when that came when that came on Spotify yeah, yeah. and I've, I think a lot of people might have done the same mm. but when you give it a chance and you actually do yeah, yeah. fucking listen to it and it's, it, I, I enjoyed it enjoyed yeah. it a lot more but then when you do start tuning in a lot more then you think oh, maybe it doesn't like yeah. like I've written in my notes I can I can hear quite a bit of Kasabian in there yeah we've been called I don't know if you've heard a band called Cast no, like a 90s enough. band as late 80s 90s band we've been told we sound a lot like them off quite a few people um, so I don't know I think I could understand people saying it but it's it's weird because we've never gone out saying we want to sound like Oasis what we end up producing together comes out like that yeah, you, you, you're in that same genre that's like saying I don't know 50 Cent sounds like yeah, Biggie yeah. Smalls. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. the same genre of music. It's the same genre of music. And, and there'd be some people, if I played my dad Biggie Smalls and 50 Cent, he'd think it was the same fucking black person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To be honest, he wouldn't know the difference because he's not into that type of music. But I, I can understand when people say it. And it, it honestly, it used to annoy me a little bit first, and it doesn't now because one everyone's entitled to their opinion. But secondly, I just know, like... Yes, you can hear Oasis, you can hear Storm Roses, all the Britpop stuff, but that's what you should expect to hear because that's what we love. Like, I, I'm not going to make a fucking death metal album. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> fucking grow my hair down to my knees. And paint me I know what you mean. Lips. But you speaking then about some people being a bit critical, mm. how do you deal personally with, with criticism? Do you take it well? Or at first is a bit raw and then you, um, you come to or it honestly, it honestly, and it might sound like the popular thing to say. It honestly doesn't bother me at all. If anything, I'll take it in a good way. Um, there's a, I think there's a there's a big difference though between criticism mm. and somebody's bitterness. Yeah. Well, I, now, some people who don't, I don't know, somebody who doesn't have, you know, they don't have any any talents at all, they don't have any hobbies, yeah, yeah. they come home from work, they sit on the couch, they mm. have a brew, and they watch the Corrie, they watch the Remedel, yeah, yeah. and they sit on the phone just slagging everyone. You know the type of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Like on Facebook, like, yeah, people, yeah. you know, people will be commenting on, you know, a football team who's fucking lost, you yeah, know, yeah, United yeah, finished yeah. sixth, or like, oh, they're all useless wankers, or, yeah, yeah. do you I know what I mean? <laughs> I've not. <laughs> I like sick for Europa League. Away, away's on Thursdays in, in Ukraine. Um, but no, do, do, do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, the, there is a distinct difference between somebody being bitter and somebody being critical. Have you lost friends? Oh no, 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 no. 
Absolutely. So you've never had no fallouts about no, no, somebody no. just like I, generally trying, you know, trying to take the piss. Yeah, I, I, if people have been bitter, then they've not had the balls to say it to our faces. Yeah, that, that's because I genuinely, I, I'm, I know I'm speaking on the, for the band here when I say I don't know to this date of anyone who slated us. You might, people might, they probably have. People have said many things behind our backs. We're trying to do this. We're trying to be that. We're trying to look like this, whatever. But they've never said anything to us. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't. And if people did say that, it, it, honestly, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Some people probably do like look at us and think we're trying to mirror Oasis or trying to dress like them and trying to fucking, do you know what I mean? But let them think that. It, it honestly doesn't bother me. It, a lot of people who've known me growing up, I think what, what has shocked some people is because because over the last couple of years, I'm, my appearance has changed, stuff like that. When I was younger, obviously, I was into grime and pop and shit like <laughs> that. Mystic was in his TN tracksuit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but... I'm not changed as a person. It's just you, you, you change in life. Like my interests have changed and stuff like that. It's not. Well, I don't think I've changed anyway. Personally, I'm. I don't think you've changed no, no, from I'm, school. You was like one school year below me. Yeah, and... exactly. I, I don't think it is, and I, I think that's the thing, common thing in Leyland. People don't really change the same person all life. It's the way you get brought up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know if we have had bitterness. They've definitely not had the ball set to our face. Yeah. So if you're watching. <laughs> he's gonna come for you in I'll his find out. in fourteen-year-old <laughs> mystic's gonna come. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I, I, th- I think when you've got a hobby, yeah. you've just got to go for it. I got to an age; it was probably when I was like, I don't know, maybe about twenty-four. Up until I was about twenty-three, twenty-four, I did care what people thought. About, you know, thought about me, mm. and I, and then I got to like I said, twenty-four, twenty-three, twenty-four, and I was like. Who gives a fuck? No. Like, who cares what they think about me? That, like I said, this is the first podcast which is going to go out. And I know in the comments, is I'm going to get, you know, some people are going to, they're going to try and roast me like, fucking hell, Byron, what, what do you think you're doing? Do you think you're a radio presenter or something? Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? But, but like I said, this is something that I've wanted to do for a yeah, while. Yeah. I've had it Every planned out, I've had it planned out in my head for a while. And then I've managed to, you know, source, well, buy some equipment. Mm. To do so, so why not? I well, like I, I like rambling, rambling yeah, yeah. for an hour at a time, you know, to yeah. a to a mate or hearing somebody else's interesting stories. Yeah. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. Well, going back to where's the belief, the tune. You got too many people, and I think when you get to our age, because we're, we're a little bit older now. I was I was similar to you. I, if I probably go back to twenty two, twenty three, I was like that a little bit. Like I, I want to be doing this now. I wouldn't have had the balls to. I know I did that MC when I was younger, but every fuck, every, every, everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone had dabble with it. That was that was that was more to be to be cool, cool then, to, weren't to it? Be, yeah, yeah, to fit in more yeah, than anything. Yeah. Look I, at me, I, I can exactly. back then, I can spit yeah, balls. Yeah. yeah, I probably wouldn't have done this when I was twenty twenty one. I wouldn't have had the balls to do it. Just because, just because you, yeah, you like, would have what, thought, what, oh, what, what, what yeah, what are they going to yeah, think? Yeah, exactly. But then you get to you got to have belief in yourself. I think massively, and it, belief is the biggest thing that drives people, sets people back. It's a fact. Most uh, most people who are successful, it's because they've had a strong belief in, belief in themselves, and I think belief at times can be. People think they're arrogant, but then they're, they're not. They've just got such they're a strong belief in themselves. themselves. Yeah, and I think I have, I have so much like envy for people like that because they just they have this natural belief in themselves and what they're doing, and they genuinely don't care what anyone else thinks. And I think you're either born with that or you're not. But I think we're at an age now. I think what you're doing is mint, personally. I think fair play, like these weeks. And something like this could just grow and grow and grow. And you see it with the band, like we did it. I wouldn't have expected to be in this position where we are now. I'm not saying like we're fucking 
selling out Wembley. I think you do well. But like, well, Mate, yeah, that, yeah. That, like, like I touched on before, that, yeah. uh, you know, the Liverpool gig mm. you've just done. Yeah, That's yeah. a fucking good line-up. Yeah, yeah. And was like supporting Twisted Wheel at the end of June, like Twisted Wheel. That, is that in Leeds? It's in Liverpool again. So they're like, they, went, they did all of Oasis's last tour, world tour. They're just releasing a new well, album. supporting them? Supporting them. So Oasis' last ever tour, Twisted Wheel, went around the world. And you're supporting them? We're supporting them. Fucking hell. So that's like, a, that's pro- that'll be our biggest when we do it. Playing well on festival. I've seen that. Yeah, that's in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. Kev Sims is on that, isn't he? Yeah. He's from Liberty X, isn't he? Liberty X, yeah. Lovely bloke Doesn't as well. Doesn't he have that... Is that him? No, who has barristers now. No, that's that the John, John Joe, Joe from yeah, Jolie, yeah, yeah. who used to be on the X Factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Kevin, love it. I, I coach in my day job. I coach um, coaches two lads football. Football, yeah. Yeah, he's a lovely fellow, Kevin. <clears throat> lovely. So he's still he's still knocking about on the circuit, is he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's now the lead singer of Wet Wet Wet. You remember the band years ago? Really? Yeah. They're going again. Going again. What yeah. the touring? Yeah, yeah. Fuck you know. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Um, <laughs> modern music now, like the, the stuff you're hearing in the charts. Do you entertain it or not? Um, or is there is is there any music? Say three songs top of your head. What are on the radio now, which you actually enjoy? What are on the radio? I, I don't know if I could tell you three songs on the radio. No, and I'm not saying that to be edgy. I'm genuinely like I. I think the edge of the digital edge of like Spotify, yeah, yeah. YouTube. I think it's just took over, hasn't it? It has. I don't like pop music. And None it, at all. And I know it's... No. No guilty pleasures. I think all pop music is guilty pleasure just because it's on the radio all the time. You find yourself singing it around the house just because it glued into your head. Um, No. It's hard to say I don't like popular music because I'd love my music to be popular. That's what it is. Popular music. That's what well, it's yeah, 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 yeah. So of course. Like, I'd love my music to be popular. I love my music to be on the radio. But I just think... I listen to some stuff on the radio and I'll say it to Charlotte sometimes. I'm like, have you heard the lyrics in that? How has that even made it? And I'm not saying it's all about lyrics. It's, no, I, I know, know exactly me? where you're coming but from. But it's, it's just painful sometimes. For me, I'm still genuinely the only... There's a lot of good new bands coming through on mm-hmm. the circuit that we played with. I went to watch a band called Planet uh, last Monday in Manchester. Australian band. Australia have got a brilliant music scene at the minute. Leading it are a band called DMAs. Oh yeah, they did the they did the uh, the cover of Shares Believed, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, outstanding. Yeah. Are they Australian? Australian. Are they? Yeah, yeah. One of them wears the Burberry shirt, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I tell you, for me, I feel as strongly for them. Closest to the Oasis. That's how much I love them. The, the, the best for me, the best band, definitely since like Arctic's and. And Kasabian came out in like 2010, 2008. Um, they're definitely the best band since then. But for me, I don't think I've felt that strongly about a band since Oasis. That's how that's how much I like them. I think what what's weird about them is when me and Matt originally formed this band and we kind of sat down and we we said what we wanted to, what sound we wanted. We said we wanted to recreate Britpop because obviously Britpop finished. Well, it's definitely when Oasis finished, but really. 2000 yeah it finished that 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 kind of Britpop scene Cool Britannia all that we both agreed we wanted to recreate that in a modern version DMAs have have done that and I listen to DMAs and it's mad because that's the sound I envisioned for us it's just nuts so I I definitely recommend them but I still find myself going back to older older music all the time all the time I can't I might there's a band called The Blinders as well they're a bit punky their album's brilliant. 
But again, it's one I listened to that for about a month and then got bored. I think it, what I think is different nowadays, I don't think there's any, apart from DMAs, I don't think there's any albums. You have to go back to Kasabian Arctic Monkeys. Like you can listen to a Kasabian album, Arctic Monkeys album, all yeah. the time. I, never could, I, I could probably listen to AM on repeat. On repeat, yeah, exactly. And it's the same with Definitely Maybe, What Story Morning Glory, Urban Hymns by The Verve, The Stone Roses. You can listen to them over and over again, they never get bored. And I think Arctic Monkeys and Kasabian are the last bands to be able to do that. Yeah. I think now, bands release decent <laughs> albums, but there's one or two songs in it. They're just fillers. They're yeah, just they fillers. Are. And I think that's where, for me, I wouldn't release an album if I didn't think every track was... That's that's what me and Matt said. We wanted to kind of... If we... I believe we're going to get signed. When we do. Say when, not if. Um, we we want to do a first album that will fucking stand the test of time, basically. Not just, yeah. You know what I mean? Not just be like, go to number one for a week and then be forgotten about in a year's time. Which is happening to... Yeah, we want, we want to like... And back to what you were touching on before, uh, the lyrics, songs in the charts at the minute. There's a track called Location, and there's a lyric in that. You know, oh, yeah, send what's he location. Send me location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm so fly, I'm flyer than a rocket right now. <laughs> and this is being played every yeah, fucking day. Surprising. You're listening to people like, I don't know, it's like the kids who are listening to like Ariana Grande and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> what what the fuck? I'm giving it up. I'm giving yeah, it yeah. up. Da, 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 da. I'm giving it up. It, yeah. It's it's not. No. It's just ghost written, isn't it? No, it's ghost written drivel, yeah. which is it's just coming from producers. Sing that, yeah. you know, like a sheep poking them with a cattle stick. Yeah, exactly. Get in that fucking booth and sing that now. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's what that's what pop music is, unfortunately. And that's why I don't have a lot of respect for it. I think a lot of pop stars, it's not about them as artists, it's how they can sell themselves and how they look, so the industry will choose them because they look unique, they look niche, if you like, like that, that rapper bloke who's been sent down now, who had all multicoloured hair and shit like nine. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck, what's, he, he, what, out, what's he come as? I know, yeah. <laughs> what's he come as? But exactly, he stands <laughs> out. Yeah. He stands out, so like... But is, is that, is that with what we were saying before about, you know, the people on Instagram, is that what you've got to do now? Is that what you've got to do to to get noticed? To make it, yeah. With fucking multi rainbow grills and the fucking five colours in his hair. He's going to get fucked. <laughs> I think he already has been imagine, fucked. Imagine, imagine walking in, fucking, someone's been on a lifetime for for, for doing whatever and he walks in and he, they've not seen the outside yeah. world for years and he fucking walks in. Did you see what he got sent down for though? No. Oh, it was like fucking underage, you know, messaging underage people fucking interacting with underage like weird it was a mad charge I, when I was reading it I was like fucking what a weird guy I know he doesn't he doesn't look like the fucking brightest shilling yeah. do you know what I mean but yeah. no and what you were saying another thing what I'll pick up on when you're saying that you're listening to all the old albums mm. do you remember when you was growing up and it actually ties into when you were saying what's the what's the story morning glory your dad had it in the car do you know, when you was growing up, did you ever think like, oh, my dad listens to the same fucking album all the time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah. used to be, in our living room, there used to be a six-disc yeah. changer, and my mum always used to have a Meatloaf CD in there. Yeah, yeah. She always used to have the latest Now CD. Mm. She used to have a Robbie CD in there, a Madness CD in there, and a Michael Jackson CD in there. And I used to think to myself, why is it, why is it always the same? same? Yeah. The only thing what used to change was the Now CD. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, do you remember they used to yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're, t- yeah, we're yeah. just getting to that age and mm. modern music. It's 
it's not. I think there's, you'll see a change, though. I honestly do. I think there's bands. When we watched that, when I watched that Planet the other Monday, there was a band called Rats, the Rats from Liverpool. Genuinely, one of the best bands I've seen. Like amateur bands, brilliant. Cano Carragher put something on his Instagram about them as well. There's Clear Green is another band from Manchester. Play with are doing really well. Reclaim Vienna, they're up north. Which way? There's just a lot of. There's a lot going on in the amateur scene at the minute. Um, and what I've noticed from us playing, I think the kind of desire for music's coming back, for guitar music more than anything. Yeah. Um, which I think is the most important thing. Because at the end of the day, that's when you get good bands, when there's a de- desire for it. When there's no desire for it and it's and people aren't really asked about going to gigs and stuff like that, the music's stale. There's no wonder why the music's stale for me. I think now you can see... You look like Liam Gallagher's come back for a solo tour and he's selling out massive, massive Oh, yes. Yeah, and when we went, like, I went to um, Cricket Ground. Oh, yeah, in Manchester. And it was like people in the 50s, 60s, like loving seeing him again. But then 15, 16-year-olds. And I think it shows now, for me anyway, the younger generation, there's a need for it again. They're wanting it. Do you think Liam Gallagher and Cortinas especially, do you think it's a bit of a trend though? Like one yeah. per what in, in my eyes, there'll be say out of, out of a group of we're saying fifteen, sixteen year olds. One of them will genuinely like the band. Yeah, yeah. The other four are only going just to jump on the train. That's what I find. Yeah. Cortinas especially. Cortinas, I I love Saint Jude. Cortinas, the first album. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I think talk about it has stood the test of time. It's not fucking definitely. Maybe it's not. A, it's not a legendary album, but it's a brilliant album. Yeah. I think they've gone... I think every album since has just been... They've tried to recreate... I think they've done what I said when I said we tried to recreate ourselves in our new single and realised it's not us and we're going to go back to yeah. what's us. I think they've tried to recreate the cell, recreate themselves and move away from the like Manchester guitar music mantle. But it's just not them. And that's what I think anyway. And I'm... But I know what you mean. I think what workout teams were lucky was when Oasis split up, they kind of started. Yeah. So they got that crowd onto them, the hooligan yeah. crowd, if you like. And Noel's, I know I read an interview with Noel, he said that the last tour was his least enjoyable because it was just dickheads in the crowd. It wasn't really people. So I know what you mean, but I, I do think the the want for, for guitar music is coming back. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good sign. I somewhat agree. Mm. So Oasis, your favourite band? Of yes. all time. Yeah. You have to pick one, Liam or Noel. Which one? Fucking hell. And you have to pick one. You've got you've got you've got a pistol in your hand and you've got a a gringo behind you with a bullet to your well, the barrel of the gun to the back of your head. Mm. And he says, Hey amigo, you've got one in the chamber, you've got to shoot one of them too. Otherwise this bullet goes through you. Um, and don't say you'd take the fucking bullet because I know you wouldn't <laughs> take the, the bullet from Oasis <laughs> um, God it's hard uh, I'd, I'd save Liam and reason why what I said before about unique people who have this natural belief in them themselves oh, he's, he's the definition he, Oh, he's right. people think he's arrogant Probably yes, there's an element of arrogance. Who wouldn't be arrogant? Who was headlining? Who was studying main road at 21 to all them people? You're gonna there's gonna be arrogance in there, but 
But I just think Liam Gallagher is one of them people, and I think it shows it on the Supersonic film. If Oasis never happened, he'd still walk around Manchester with the same walk, thinking he's the dog's bollocks. And I just think that's so rare, and I think it's unique. And I talk about being genuine stuff like that. I just think he comes across to me as so genuine. I think you just got to respect that. So, Are they ever getting back together? No. Do you not think it's a big no. stunt for money? No. No. Well, too far now. I think Noel's moved on, moved on musically. I do. I, th- th- I think it's him who doesn't yeah, want it. Yeah, of course it is. It, yeah, I think he... I think he Liam's used, up for it, isn't he? Even yeah. if he hates him, he'd still tour with but him. Liam should he? be up for it. Let, let's be honest, Noel's a fucking genius, man. He, he's an absolute genius. Anyone who says don't like his new stuff, you need to listen to it again. It's outstanding. Yes, it doesn't sound like Oasis, but it just shows how the depth of his musical talent. He's absolutely... He's a genius. And Liam needs Noel, and Noel doesn't need Liam. I I think anyway, in regards to musical wise, and um, but I just think it's too far now. I think Noel's I think Noel was ready to break up Oasis. He used Liam as as a scapegoat. I think. Yeah. I think he used it was all that, which was wrong, and that's why I like Liam over Noel because I think Noel is a little bit of a bellend. But um, it was all that carry on in Paris, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think he used that as he said he couldn't bear working with Liam anymore. I just think personally. He took. He thought he'd done as much as he could with Oasis. He wanted to move away, do a solo project, which he has done, which has been successful. And I just think now, stuff that's been said between them, I don't think any money would do it. Do you know what I found really weird about Noel? And I kind of lost a bit of respect for him when I seen it. I think it was uh, the Graham Norton show or something, something like that. The, gr- right. the Gorillas were on. Oh, and right? he played with them. And it's Damon Albarn. Do you reckon that's just a big fuck you to Liam? Because obviously with the whole country house stuff back but you in got the day, remember, you got to remember, they hated each other, didn't yeah. they? But you got to remember all this again, like that that Oasis blur. It was clever from both of them. Yeah, I don't yeah. reckon there was ever a hatred involved. It was just generating was. attention well, for the at, pair you look of them. At what's what's happened? Talk, talk about publicity. Look at what happened with us with our stuff getting nicked. The publicity that we've had from that is massive, absolutely massive. Would I? Go back and, and not have the guitars in it. Absolutely not to have that publicity. But there's no such thing as bad publicity. Causing a, a rivalry like that against the two biggest times. At the, I, I honestly think it was all set up. I, I genuinely do. Um, so I, I know what you mean. But I just think at the same time, I think a lot of... It's how cage fighters sell themselves. Boxers sell themselves. Oh, boxers are the worst for Yeah, I think, I, they're all mates behind closed doors. When at the end. Yeah, it's just it's to sell a fight. And it's to sell... That was to sell... The Britpop yeah. rivalry, and we all buy into it, and we all buy into it, and we all buy their albums and buy the singles. And they had that, didn't they? That day where Blur released a single on the same day as Oasis. You're telling me, oh, well, of course it was fucking set up. They said yeah. it was a mistake. Heck, nah, it's clever. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, in terms of an album, hmm? are we going to see one anytime soon, or just when you feel the time's right? You've mm. written. Say, how many songs would you do an album? Ten? Ten, yeah, no more than twelve, really. But um, we could do an album now. I've genuinely got so many songs written. Some wouldn't be good enough, I don't think. But the thing is with an album, I think our aim is to get signed. That's got to be your initial thing. Obviously, the album then comes after you've been signed from the record label, fund it or whatever. But if that never happened, then we, we still definitely will release an album. We're not doing it to get signed, and that's genuine. Like, people, yeah, yeah, you're people, doing it, doing it as a passion. No, no, like I'm. Like, I think we've got, I believe, a lot more now in the position that we are now from when I started. But genuinely, when we started this band, it wasn't to get signed. I never even thought we'd do a gig. It was just 
bunch of mates playing together. Yeah, yeah. I, I never even thought we'd play a gig. I honestly didn't. People don't believe that, but it's it's true. I didn't even think we'd play a gig. So it's just kind of stepping stones. And I think we're at a point now where we've got a big summer, quite a few big gigs. If this time next year we were still in the same position and we hadn't been signed, it's probably a different story. And you probably think like, look, do we stop focusing on trying to get signed too much and maybe just let's get our music out there and make an album? But at the end of the day, we can't physically afford to, to record do, the, do the independent route. To do, just do every, just to get the album recorded to a level which it should be at for a start, and then the publication of it, getting all the artwork done, making CDs, getting vinyls, promoting it all. The whilst, thing, whilst having a day job, whilst having a, you just you, you physically can't, couldn't you can't do, do it. it. So I think our aim is to get signed then an album. But with the music we've got, we could potentially release an album tomorrow if we wanted to. Do you think you'd ever go down down the independent route, just digital? Um, I must admit, I've never even thought of it. I don't know, really. I think I couldn't say that until I'm in that position to make a decision. Do you know what I mean? I think I I, I know for a fact that I'll play guitar for the rest of my life. I was on it before I come here. Before, like it's the first thing I do when I go on from work all the time. I Charlotte off with it all the time. She's like, Danny, come on, can have it else on love. Yeah, not now. It's, it's like. I know for a fact I'll play play guitar the rest of my life, which means I'll write tunes because I never play guitar without writing a tune. It just comes naturally. So I think there's going to be tunes coming for the rest of my life unless I lose an arm or something. I know the rest of the lads in the band are loving it. So it wouldn't surprise me if we did, if we didn't get signed and we thought, right, we're just going to go down the independent route. I think Jerry Cinnamon's shown how... Well, yeah, there you go. That you can do it, <coughs> but it's a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. Like, again, with with day jobs and, mm. you know, commitments. Anyone got kids in the band? No. No. But we've got one engaged now. Is that you? No. no. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> <You're> listening. <laughs> right. Five quick fire questions before you go. You're on Desert Island. Right. You can only have one of each of the following. Okay. Song. Slide Away Oasis. Dish. Chicken Tikka Dupiazza Curry. <laughs> Album. Definitely maybe. Drink. Beer. Just a lager. Woman. Woman? Fucking hell. Charlotte, of course. Not your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Not your mum. Made me feel bad now. Sorry, mum. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Three dream women. Three dream women? Three. Fucking hell. You're going to get me in trouble here. No, we celebrities. No one local. Celebrity. Not no, Big no. Deborah from Barristers. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jackie from Railway. <laughs> These Dream ain't real people. Women. Right, okay. I'm going to throw out Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. in Friends. Sensational. Right. Um, I like that bird who... Wolf of Wall Street, what's she called? She looks decent oh, on that. Not me, it's not me, the goodness. What's her name? I know you. Margot are. Robbie. Margot Robbie, that's Margot the one. Margot Robbie. Third. I bet you sat there thinking, stop being soft. I, I, it's weird because I'm generally three dream women Jennifer Aniston, Margot Robbie. Mm. So toughy that, you know. Tina out of Corrie. And Tina out of Corrie. No, do you remember? What you, I can't <laughs> Which Michelle era? Keegan. Oh. Not now though. Not now though because she she's had her lips done and shit. She looks like an. Is she? Yeah. So Michelle Keegan, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. 
and Margot Robbie. Yeah. But Sh- Michelle Keegan when she was in Corrie, Jennifer Aniston when she was in Friends, and Margot Robbie in Wolf of Wall Street. Marry one, shag one, kill one. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'd marry um, Jennifer Aniston. I'd kill... <laughs> I know who's coming. <laughs> <laughs> kill Tina in a tram accident <laughs> on cobbles. <laughs> Fruit Bistro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd kill, go on, I'd kill Michelle Keegan and I'd, I'd shag Margaret Robbie. It's Margot Robbie. Is it Margot Robbie? Margaret. Uh, final question. Mm. I'm going to start asking this everybody who comes on the pod. Okay. What's the dream? So the end, you know, the end game. So for you, it'll be with the band. The dream with the band, just just after what I've been saying the last couple of weeks, be ourselves, genuinely. I know it's a bit of a shitty thing, but it, Obviously, yes, you could say we want to headline Wembley, we want to sell our Wembley, all this. Do it. I've always said we'd love to do, imagine 30,000 on Word and Park, something like that. Homecoming gig. Incredible. But like, end of the day, I think all that will come if if we just be ourselves. Like genuinely, we've, I think recently we've not sold ourselves, sold our souls a little bit, a little bit, but we went down a route, tried something new and it wasn't us. So I just think, end goal, just be ourselves. If that means in 30 years' time, I'm sat with you. We're talking about a Wembley show that we've just done, or I'm sat with you and we're still doing this, me and you. I'd be happy as long as we've been ourselves. So that's the most important thing to me. Yeah, brilliant. All right, mate. Nice one for coming on, Dan. it, Byron. Nice one, mate. pleasure. I enjoyed it. Um, Social medias. Yeah. I'll uh, put put them all in the descriptions. Yeah, just Bynes Band, basically, on all of them. Spot on. All right, mate. Pleasure, mate. Nice one. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. I enjoyed that.